Welcome to the Career Happiness Podcast. My name is Soma Ghosh. I am the founder of a business called the Career Happiness Mentor. And within this podcast, we explore themes around career happiness, confidence, well-being, and so much more. Not only do I do one-to-one personalized episodes to really, really support you as a listener, but you will have the chance to listen to really, really amazing guests from all corners of not just world, but different industries. It's really, really important that you are not only happy in your career, but you make time to progress in a way that feels right for you. So if you want to have more energy in your career, change your career, find out more about how to potentially start a business or even help your teenager with careers advice, this is the podcast for you. Thanks so much. So, hey, everyone, I have a wonderful guest with us here today, um, the lovely Alana Kilmartin, all the way from Australia. Um, So um, I'm really excited about this conversation because I actually had the pleasure of being a guest on Lada's podcast. And Alana is, I'm going to say, not just somebody who is a career enthusiast, but she's on this mission to really, really help 18 to 30 year olds. But kind of before we kind of get into it, hi, Alana, how are you doing today? Good. Thank you so much for having me. And as I'll repeat it here, I'm sweating. It's 6am in the morning in Australia and it has been the hottest night I've experienced here. I haven't been in Australia for a number of years and I forgot how hot the summers were. (laughs) Wow, that is hot because once we record this in January 2023, it is minus one in the UK, so it couldn't be any more contrasting in terms <laughs> of temperatures. But that's what I really, really love about having um, guests from all over the world on this podcast. So I obviously, you know, know a fair bit about the work that you do, Alana, but can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do? Yeah, so I've started a movement called Unserious Careers, and it's a bit of an umbrella, I think, for the work that I do. So I have a couple of podcasts, I've got a book coming out next month in February, and really what I'm doing is creating a a company that supports this idea of helping young people to transition successfully, I suppose, into adulthood, but really to understand what work means to them and to learn how to enjoy themselves through that process. So like I, for me personally, found there was an enormous amount of pressure at school to decide on this one career path. And what I really discovered was when you leave school, a lot of those support networks drop away. You don't have that same guidance. There's not those same, like same markers of like, you know, the end of term, the exams, the, just the the school year in general. And I found in my twenties, it was this like, a bit of chaos. Like I didn't really know who to go to, what I was doing. And I saw a lot of people around me as well. Work became this thing that was make or break. If they got it, they, if they went into a career that they really liked and they really thrived, life was totally fine and everything else kind of like fit around it. Whereas for people, and I consider myself one of those people that struggled a little bit to really like almost nail down work. I don't know. It kind of turned into this, it flowed into other areas 
of my life and other people's lives because it was this thing that we obviously earn a living from, but we spend a majority of our waking hours doing. And I really reflected on that and sort of thought about how it was like at school, my expectations weren't set correctly. And then it was, I had this one idea of what a career was supposed to be. And then when I got out there, I was like, whoa, it actually wasn't about that. And I probably um, just spent years exploring work then when I realized that and trying to figure out what I wanted work to mean to me. And now I want to help other people do it as well, because I know that work can be this incredible place where there are so many opportunities and you can meet different people and you can have different experiences. You can go to different places. And I want other young people to really experience that, um, that joy of work. And not that you have to love explicitly what you do, but just to, to know that you don't hate your job and then you can work, you can turn up and you're not going to be um, treated like crap by your boss and you're going to actually enjoy that experience. So long-winded way of saying what, I doing, what I'm doing, but <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And no, 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 I really, really resonate with your message and I really, really love what you do. Um, and I think it's very, very important that we have that perspective. Something you said there that was really, really interesting about, you know, young people and people not kind of knowing what they want to do at their age and maybe kind of being spun along in a certain direction um but can you kind of tell us a little bit more about your kind of career story um in a nutshell and how this has shaped who you are today um Alana yeah so it really starts when I was about 11 years old and I thought I wanted to be a nurse at the time and it was around that age where people do start asking what do you want to do? But it's more, it's more serious. It's the, they're, they're really looking for something. And I said, I wanted to be a nurse. And that was based on, I think my grandma being a nurse, or I liked playing, I probably like playing with dolls when I was younger. And so I liked caring for them. And when I told, I told my dad that, and he said to me, well, why would you be a nurse if you could be a doctor? And he didn't mean that I had to become a doctor. It was more of a, like a, you know, but if you could do that, what about if you strive to be something what was perceived to be better or higher in the, I guess the career kind of, you know, that like that career ladder that we have as a society of like at the top of it are doctors and engineers and lawyers. And we have this, I guess, hierarchy of jobs. And so he said that to me and it just kind of, I guess, stuck with me. And I was, I, I did quite well at school. I was, um, I had a natural academic ability not that I particularly enjoyed those subjects, but because of that notion in school of, um, always do better. Like if you can do better, do the harder subjects. I just kind of got swept up in that. And I thought, so I went all these years at high school. I said I was going to be a doctor. I studied all the appropriate subjects. And then um, I had a boyfriend and I thought I was going to marry him. And then he dumped me. And I say that because it just seems like the least thing that like the, the most not obvious thing that would change your mind about your career. But all of a sudden I started to have this question of like, what else is out there after he dumped me? Because I was heartbroken and I didn't want to think about school. I didn't want to think about becoming a doctor. And then all of a sudden I was like, whoa, okay, this has happened. So what else in my life might this then lead to? And because of that, I then ended up taking a gap year. And gap years are quite popular, not popular, but the term gap year is used in the UK, I believe as well. Um, Yeah. So I took a gap year and I did some travel. I'd been saving up in a part-time job. So I did some travel and then I lived in Italy for nine months as well, lived and worked there. And this just really opened up my eyes to the whole world. 
And when I came back to Australia, I went to university and I studied biomedical science because I was going to use that as a pathway to get into medicine. But I just like something had changed and I just couldn't, I couldn't grasp the idea of becoming a doctor anymore. It just didn't, I don't know, it just didn't excite me. And I thought this is going to be a huge commitment of time. I just, I didn't have the desire. And I think if you want to be a doctor, I feel like you have to have some sort of passion for it. Like it's a real lifestyle commitment. And I started to look at other options. And so I picked up a a commerce, like a business degree alongside it and still pretty much floated through university. Didn't really know what I was doing. Sort of thought I should be getting internships or I should be doing all these sort of things, but something never really felt right. But because everyone had this around me was like, well, you've started university, you might as well finish it. I just kept going. And I don't regret that as such, but it was just a, you get, you just go along because you don't know what else to do instead. And I did um, a study abroad as well in the U S which was quite like, once again, opened my eyes up to what else is possible. But I ended up coming to the end of university and really was as lost, as confused as when I started it. And if not, probably more so, to be honest. And Mm. it was more that I could see everyone, you know, that kind of comparison really started to happen. And it was more like, I feel like by now I should have, I should have figured it out. I should know what Mm. I'm doing. I should know what that next step is. And it seemed like everyone else around me had it sorted. Like they had the jobs. They, I don't know, it, it was like they had all their ducks in a row, whereas I felt like I still didn't know what I was doing. And we ended, my partner and I ended up, we moved to New Zealand after going on a holiday there because we loved the lifestyle there. It looked like it offered some really cool opportunities. And when we moved to New Zealand, it was a bit of a, let's just get out of here. Let's go and do something different. And what ended up happening was I moved to a beautiful town with lots of mountains and lakes and learned how to snowboard, which was such an epic experience. And once again, like that boy dumping me was a, um, a really weird career experience almost because I started to think, hey, I can actually learn to snowboard. I never thought that was something I could possibly do. So what else could that mean in my career? And while I was in New Zealand, I ended up having a, a sales job there and I'd done sales previously, but I found this like environment and this company where I could really thrive. I had the support networks there to be able to thrive. I had the training and I had the passion and it was in travel and I loved traveling, obviously. And this was a a job that I didn't need a qualification for. I didn't have to have a university degree for. And once I got in that environment, I just like skyrocketed. And it was like everything started to like make sense to me that it's not necessarily about doing the right degree or finding that perfect job on paper. It's about finding the right environment. And so once you find that right environment where you're given the the support to be able to thrive mm-hmm. and you have the passion for it, or even just you care about the job, you can actually make it happen as opposed to going on paper, well, I think I'm going to make a really get great builder, but not necessarily understanding from an environmental mm-hmm. point of view, what does that look like when you're on the job? I just happened to find this perfect environment and I did really well at the company and and, and like got a lot of awards and had all the rest of it, but I ended up getting burnout because I just worked so hard to get to that point. And that's really the turning point of when I was like, right, I need to do some reflection on my journey and how can I really help other young people? Because it was kind of this, um, like massive high of doing so well at this company being like, man, I didn't even need a university degree for this getting to the top feeling like all is well. But in the meantime, I had no idea how to 
I don't want to say balance, but kind of balance that with the rest of my life. So I was this, I was 26 years old and life had got so serious. Like it was so, I was so um, bogged down by work and I would be driving to work at in the dark in the morning because I'd need to get to work early. I'd taken a promotion. I had all this kind of responsibility, people that were were part of my team and I'd be crying because I just didn't know, I didn't have the the ability to understand what was really going on and I was just so stressed and wasn't sleeping properly and it was all it was all too much and yeah 26 and I felt like I was 46 years old so basically through leaving that job I decided to then turn the like turn it around and go right how can I now help other people with my experiences of my career and that's kind of I guess the the journey of how unserious careers um, formed and this idea and the idea of unserious is it does feel so serious and so heavy and that pressure, I think, when you are at school and the, you know, you're, you're thinking about your university preferences if you are going to university or, or what your pathway is after school. But in the meantime, you've got deadlines and assignments and exams that you're preparing for. And it's it's almost like this, this inevitability of uh, I need to make a decision. And mm-hmm. Even if that decision is to do nothing, even that feels like a decision. Like even that, if that decision is to take a gap year, there's still that kind of that. Oh well, at one point I'm going to have to make a decision or or some more serious decisions. And what I really learned from for, for myself was when I kind of removed that pressure and focused more on what am I going to enjoy. What do I want to do right now? Knowing that if I do things that I enjoy now, it's more likely to lead to more things that I enjoy yeah. down the track. That's what I found like was the best thing for me was to not worry about this one big goal of what's the job title I want, what's that pro- you know, what's that perfect situation. It's more right now, given what's going on, am I enjoying this? Is this is this what I want to be doing right now? If it's not, cool, let's do something else instead. So that's kind of led me to here, I guess. Awesome. And thank you for sharing that because I think, I mean, I can personally resonate with that, but with the parents that I work with and even the young professionals who listen to this podcast, I think there are a lot of kind of mirror images. And and do you think, Alana, because I know you're based in Australia, but what I see here in the UK and you use the word pressure, which is very interesting because I feel as though there's a lot of expectations on young people and I also feel not just so much pressure but there's also this like achievement timeline and you know social media lots of things are playing into that but but do you think young people now have kind of more of this attitude of oh you know I must get a degree I must be successful I must do this I must do that do you think that there is more expectations on them than kind of compared to when you were growing up or do you feel that it's kind of worsened would love to know what your thoughts are around that I think the pressure has just been notched up to a whole new level especially Mm -hmm. with social media and the that you can you can legitimately see what everyone else is doing like even if we looked at LinkedIn as an example and I think LinkedIn is a you know obviously a, a great connection tool and all the rest of it but you can quite literally see everyone's resume exactly what they're doing who their current employer is and then if you add into that say for a younger like younger age group like school leavers they've got their obviously social media where you can see what someone is doing I didn't have quite that access to that kind of information at that age or it wasn't being shared on the on the platforms that I was on so I think there's 
I think there's the, the probably a, a similar pressure in so much as a, about your career and about your life yeah, and how much yeah. money you make, but I think it's much more um, in your face what other people mm-hmm. are doing and maybe what you don't have or how you are comparing to other people. And I, like I always think of it as even when you're you're 18, you're not you don't really become an adult, right? Your brain is still developing for so many more years. So from a like a social point of view, I know at like high school, it was this, you know, you're trying to work out socially who am I or where, like what, who am I? What, what group do I belong to? Am I, am I part of the alternatives? Am I part of the the smart people? Am I part of the, 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 the sporty people? And a similar thing happens then when you go to university, even if you do choose to go to university, a similar yeah. thing happens again. And I remember it was, it was, um, I lived on, I was fortunate enough to live on campus when I moved down there and it was a, it was a residence hall. So it was a, a catered, like a catered residence hall. So you lived with 280 other students that were at wow. university and I lived with a lot of, uh, medical students, so undergraduate, mm-hmm. uh, medical students. There was probably maybe a hundred of them in this, in this, um, residence hall and, it was the strangest dynamic because what ended up happening is you really took like the the kind of top, academically speaking, the top of these classes, yeah, you put them yeah. all in one place and pretty much said, <laughs> now work out your pecking order because you're not all the smart, you know, you're not all the smart ones because there's like, you, you that's not your thing anymore. Mm-hmm. So you've now got to find what's your identity yeah. within that, within this. And there's, it just became this really strange environment where even though you sort of think you're at school, you're sorted out who you are, it all goes, you go through it again when you leave, when you leave home or when you leave yeah. school, because you can kind of, I don't know, you, you remake yourself almost and you can, you can become whoever you want, but there's still so much social pressure that's happening in those years, as well as that career pressure. So yeah, I think there's just as much, but probably in a different way now because it's so accessible what everyone else is doing. Yeah, and you know when you were saying that, it just kind of reminded me of something, Alana, that I'll share. I, I recently did an episode because I've been seeing some weird posts from people, not not weird posts like that, but, you know, with the pressure and stuff. And I did an episode around, you know, going to university or not going to university and you know success because there are a lot of people who don't and I really mm. love that you said that because it should be about a personal decision and you figuring it out for yourself but I can't help but feel sometimes there's so much misinformation and so many of these old ideals of get a job go to uni and then you're a success or get a job you know and be in a particular type of career and then you're a success if you've got lots of money so there's all these ideals as well and with the kind of um group that you're dealing with with 18 to 30 year olds essentially what you said there about change and development there is so much change and development in that time and yet I mean I don't know what happens in 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 the part of the world where you are but here there is a lot of talk now around the fact that you know basic stuff around money um you know how to buy a house all these things they are slowly coming into the curriculum slowly but when I was at school I could tell you this is stuff that I kind of had to learn for myself I mean what is it like um in in Australia and New Zealand is it the same or yeah very similar and it's really like really interesting and what, what I thought of when you were saying that is there's there's two there's two ways to it right there's there's the the things you need to know by the time you leave school to be able to survive and then thrive when you leave school 
But then there's almost those life lessons that you need to learn yourself. Like you can't be, you can't be taught them on on, through a book, through a laptop or through a teacher. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm always mindful of what I, so even, okay, let's, let's use mindfulness as an example. So in school now, there's a lot more curriculum around mindfulness or or how to, how to take care of yourself or whatever it may be, which is incredible. If you think about that, wasn't, that didn't exist when I, when I was at school. However, there's also, uh, you can't give every child all the information so that they'll never make a bad decision. Like you've kind of got to be able to make the bad decisions for yourself sometimes so that you can learn, you can learn through doing a little bit more as opposed to being told and then just assuming that's okay and following it. So an example might be, let's say, let's take finance as an example. I see a lot of, a lot online around, um, say investing. So how you can get into investing really young, which I think is really positive. However, I don't think it's the be all and end all. And there are so many other ways that you can invest and that could be investing in yourself. So whether that be through something like university or it could be personal development, or it could be getting a career coach, or it could be so many other different things that it's all all sort of about that. Well, um, having more is better. Having more money is better. So the more money you have when you're younger is better as opposed to, I kind of think of it as if you look at your average life expectancy, let's even, let's take it as being 80 years old. And let's say you are going to have a, a 40 year working life. There are plenty of opportunities for you to, to earn and save money. Now I'm not saying that you need to go and blow money at all, but thinking about what is truly going to set you up for a great experience with work during that time. And it's so good to have that rounded education and to learn all those other things. But there's also that like kind of giving yourself a a young person, the ability to also go and experiment, go and explore, go and learn things themselves, giving them the basics, but then being like, Hey, this is one way you can do it, but how Mm -hmm. else might you like to do it? So rather than it being, you know, a, a question, a question I always think about, let's take an example of with university, Often we skip the question, there's a question we skip. So let's say a student wants to go and do a, a degree that doesn't have a specific job path. So it doesn't have like a, let's say a business, let's take a business degree as an example. We often go, well, this student has these certain marks. So they're kind of a university level student. They have the ability to go. But we don't necessarily ask, do you want to go to university? So we go, well, what do you want to study at university? Do you want to study business? What kind of, what would you like to major in within business? But we don't necessarily ask in the first place that kind of question before of, would you like to go to university? Because if you want to go down a business pathway, a business degree isn't the the only way that you can do that. And potentially there's another way that you can do that, gaining experience at the same time and earning money. So we kind of miss some of these other more important questions and we're giving so much information to a young person that I think it becomes completely overwhelming eventually. And you, you know, but I know when I'm 17 or 18, I'm also worried about my friends and what I'm doing on the weekend and all these other little bits and pieces that sometimes you don't have the kind of like capacity to really think through all this information that you're receiving. So I think it's also important to, to not necessarily feel like you need to learn everything all at once and understand that through the process of going out into your twenties and exploring and trying different things, you will, if you're present enough with it, pick up these other skills as well. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think, I think it's important that, that we do try and learn and, you know, what you're talking about with 
experience and learning um you know obviously we've got degree apprenticeships here in the UK and is that something similar that you have in Australia then not quite the same the same model it's yeah there is like a similar thing as well which which is okay. yeah like that's should hopefully be the way of the future right more of that like mm-hmm. combined learning yeah, I really, really hope so, to be honest, Alana, because I think more and more young people, especially because they're on TikTok and Instagram a lot of the time and Snapchat, their kind of almost concentration levels are very different because they're reading on their phones as opposed to reading in proper, proper books. And not just that, they are actually very bright, but it's a kind of different intelligence that maybe, you know, I mean, I'm I'm a millennial. I was I'm a child of the 80s and was growing up in the 90s. So for me, we got we got a computer in our house when we were 12 and I was lucky enough to have the internet, but, you know, I didn't have a phone until I went to uni. So it's like it's a totally different, you know, dynamic. And I think nowadays it's that accessibility of the fact that there are kids that I know who've had a phone pretty much or technology pretty much since they were born if they were born in the 2000s because they're of the gen Mm -hmm. z um, generation so now i thought we would talk a little bit more about your podcasts alana because you've got two podcasts which you can tell us a little bit more about and you've created two really great ones advice about careers advice the podcast that i was on and your new current podcast unserious career is obviously much more linking into your brand and the direction that you're going in but can you kind of tell us a little bit more about what the aim was behind these podcasts and what you feel motivated you to start talking about careers and becoming a podcaster yeah, well, I love podcasts myself. I think that's where I was like, you know what? I like the idea of speaking. And mm. what I love about podcasts is you don't have to necessarily set the, set the time aside to do to listen to them because you can listen to them while you're driving, while you're walking. And I don't know. I, I really liked. I like that element to it. And. Yeah. The first one I did was advice about career advice, and that was aimed at parents. So parents that were kind of supporting their children through those early career decisions. So in high school, moving into their early twenties and beyond. And what it was, it really came about because I was like, man, there's some things I kind of wish my parents had known about how they could have supported me. And a lot of the time, a parent, I'm not a parent myself, but a parent's doing the best they can with what they know. And I thought, well, what about if I gave them some some conversations, some different ways of looking things and some like tips and tools on how they can then support their child better? And I really saw that parents were this really key player in a child's career. And I mean, it might sound really obvious, but I think what ends up does end up happening is in kind of later high school years, often the parents take a little bit more of a back seat because the school is often, they're doing the career advice, they're doing the career counselling, they're helping with the career decisions. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the time what happens yeah. is, especially if, if like, let's say a, a student does want to go to university and the parent hasn't gone to university, they don't really know the process. So they kind yeah. of end up leaning on the school to be able to fill those gaps. But from my experience then of going through school, the school is also uh, doesn't have the resources necessarily to be able to give that one-on-one support to an individual that they need going through that that process. So I kind of saw this like gap of like, well, if parents were maybe a little bit better armed with information and resources, they could really know how to support their child best. And 
there's obviously, as you say, so much with like social media and stuff, there's so much information out there, some of it not entirely accurate. And even if we look at universities, like it's, they're all businesses that are marketing to people like come here, we, we want your money. So that was kind of the idea behind that of like getting some different perspectives and um, people's experience, like as parents, but also as children and, and having their parents' support. Um, and then when I kind of really, uh, really leaned into this Unserious Careers idea, I wanted to have a podcast around it. So it's Unserious Careers and Gap Years. And really that's kind of coming back into that, like, this is something that a young person can listen to. This is something that an 18-year-old can listen to, a 20-year-old. Lots of stories, lots of, um, just lots of great conversations around how careers can be so unexpected and unpredictable and they can go in all sorts of different directions, but also really uh, focusing in on gap years as well because I see gap years as being this beautiful, beautiful opportunity um, to, I, I just think, I think they should be compulsory. I just love them so much. But this idea of sometimes you just need a break. You just need a break to be able to clear your mind and to be able to think about what you might like to do next. So I just wanted to create a resource for young people that they could come to listen, listen to some conversations, listen, sorry, listen to some conversations because I really do. I do feel that you only need one conversation to change the direction of your career. And if you, you don't realize it until you look back on it of like, wow, it was so cool when I heard from that person about what they did in their career. Cause I didn't think that was an option, but now that I do know it's an option, maybe I might like to pursue something similar. So yeah, that's kind of the idea around the podcast that it's a resource that, yeah, if you say, for example, don't have the money to be able to invest in a career coach, there's a place you can go that, yeah, a little bit very similar to your podcast, right? That anyone can access that and yeah. you want it to be kind of like an, a resource that's always there and that someone can always mm -hmm. come to even in five years' time. Yeah, no, and I, I really, really love kind of your reasoning behind that. But also I love I love the love for gap years. Yeah, gap years are great. I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I wish, well, I did do a gap year, but I did my gap year a bit later on, Alana. I did my gap year kind of between my degree and my postgraduate that I did. And that was really, really useful for me to learn a lot because I volunteered and I did lots and lots of things. And I think discovering whether you're doing volunteering, whether you're doing kind of a, you know a day job whatever it is that you're doing is um super super helpful but yeah no that's, that's like really really interesting I love I loved hearing about like kind of the journey to the podcast and yeah if we can have these kind of resources to help people especially in these current times as we're recording this in 2023 with the global you know recession we need resources like this, but we also need places where parents who are struggling, not just financially, but emotionally, they have <laughs> somewhere somewhere to turn to. Um, one thing that I wanted to kind of dive into a little bit more with you is when I was a guest on, on your podcast, we, um, we kind of did speak a little bit about like career decision making and what young people can do to explore and discover themselves. But do you think there is an age or a time period between kind of like 18 and 30 where we don't kind of allow ourselves to explore who we really are or do you feel that this is kind of slowly changing with the gen z's and millennials what's your opinion on that yeah it's um i was i was actually interviewing someone for my like my new podcast a couple of weeks ago and he's 21 years old and he's just graduated from university and is about to go into his first professional job and i was like gobsmacked by how much personal development he'd already done mm -hmm. on himself 
And so what I really have seen is there's this like uh, there's from a personal development perspective, there's a lot more like people that are are looking for resources at a younger age to explore who they are and which I think is incredible because I think about, man, if I had have had those not necessarily had the resources, but known to try and access those resources at a younger age, it would have made such like such a massive difference. But I know when I kind of look at that age group, the, especially those in your twenties, you go through so many periods during that. And even when I think about like a lot for me happened around that age of 26, 27, which I know happens to a lot of other people because they've had a few years in their career. And then it's like, Oh oh no, I don't think this is for me. I now need to either get out of this or is this my life now? What am I doing? Or there's that kind of shift towards, well, do I want to be able to buy a house or am I like, you know, marriage, kids, all of that sort of stuff. As as the the closer you get to 30, the more you start having those thoughts and and those conversations. And I think in terms of when is that that really great time to do so, I mean, I think your whole 20s and that whole time period is a brilliant time to be able to explore yourself. But that's where I think like coming back into that gap years point, I just think that gap years are the best way to start that journey and it doesn't, it really does not even matter what you do on that year. If it is that you live at home and you work mm-hmm. in the job that you were working part-time in, but you work full-time in it, that is just as valuable as if you work for six months and go traveling yeah. for six months or you work okay. overseas for 12 months. Because essentially when you're finishing school, you've been doing that same thing for 12 or 13 years. Obviously mm-hmm. to do a different, you know, to, like you've been learning different things, you've had different teachers, you've gone different schools, yeah. but it's kind of like a pattern, like you're in this pattern. And I think the best thing that you can do to start really, I don't know, exploring who you are a little bit more is to break the mm-hmm. pattern of what you've been doing. And that's yeah. where a gap year just kind of just like catapults you into a different a different way of living, even if you're still mm-hmm. living at home and working. And I've just seen for so many people and so many people, people I've spoken to that have taken gap years, none of them have regretted it. They've all said it was such a, a really mm-hmm. great experience. And it's not to say that you can't not take a gap year and that's not a good thing, but I think at some point you've just got to have a break because it's not all about work. It's not all about this career. And when you're 18, I know for me, like I felt like a year felt like such a long time, but then as you get older and you get into your twenties, you're like, wow, years just pass you by and they just keep flying. And so like the sooner you can understand that, like, okay, I've got so many more years to come. So how can I kind of make the most of this year? Cause if I invest in myself and kind of take that time into learning and exploring mm. this in this year, it keeps paying off down the track. Like you keep then like compounding that interest of what you learned um, in that gap year. So it's like, mm-hmm. sorry, let me explain that again. When you're 18, if you take that gap year, you receive the benefit of that gap year many times over throughout your career yeah. because you keep building on that foundation. And that's where I think that you can take a gap year at any time and they're, they're really, really valuable. But if you take it when you're, you're 18, mm-hmm. you're 19, you get even more like over the long term a benefit from it because each year beyond that, you've got that foundation of, oh, I took that time. I had that time to myself. What did I do with it? What have I learned now? How can I keep using and applying that? And you know what was occurring to me when you were saying about the gap year and how useful it can be, Alana? It was reminding me of um, I was working in a school last year 
and there are a lot of um, not so much I don't know I don't think this has anything to do with gender I think it's just more to do with the guys being a bit more I don't know adventurous perhaps or hearing that other relatives and their family had done gap years there are quite a lot of young students who are coming in and saying I actually want to do a gap year before I start my degree and Mm -hmm. The concern wasn't coming so much from the school. It was coming a bit more from the parents, right? Because they didn't want the momentum of their study to stop. Um, But, and I'm sure it's the same in Australia, when you're applying for university, you know, you can defer a year. So you can kind of have that gap year and then you can go in the next year, right? So it's not as though the momentum stops. You do whatever you want to do for that year and then you've got that time period of when you're gonna go and so for me what I found really interesting there were quite a few I think it was about five or six students who said that and they actually followed through with it not all of them I would say maybe half of them followed through but it's interesting how I think gap years not only are becoming more common but the reason why I think it's important to talk about talk about them Alana is because often you know when people take gap years it's seen as this like lazy experience but usually people are filling it with a job they're filling it Mm. with something and there is a motivation behind it I mean have you found that when you're speaking to these these young people yeah and this is and this is the difference between this is a different this is why I love a gap year and and Mm. actually giving it that name of a gap year because it's intentional you're saying Mm. that this is I like I use this I use this analogy and it's so like simple and ridiculous but I look at it as like being a peanut butter sandwich. And if you think about like school is a piece of bread and university or whatever you choose to do beyond that is the other piece of bread. You can't make a sandwich without something in between. You kind of end up pushing two things together and they go together, don't get me wrong, but you're kind of missing this like excitement or this, I don't know, something that's actually tasty in there. And so I like to think of a gap year as being like this peanut butter or your jam or whatever you're putting in between this sandwich to kind of actually make it a sandwich, but to make it enjoyable. And this is where I think a gap year is just this beautiful experience that you can it's it's saying that I'm taking this year off. I do intend to go and potentially do this at the end of it, but really it doesn't matter because right now what I'm focusing on is this year that I'm taking. And I always think about that like the because I know there is that pressure for from parents of the the momentum of study. But so what? So so what if they lose the momentum of study? Because potentially that means that maybe they don't truly want to go to university. So there's no, like, what's the point of going to university for the sake of going to university? True. Yes, there are some, like, okay, if they want to go and become a teacher, it's going to be very difficult for them to do that without going to university. But there are mm. so many careers now with alternative pathways. And I also think what ends up happening is if a child goes to university and they haven't really taken a break and they're not really sure what they're doing anyway, it can go kind of, I mean, it can go many ways, but what can happen when you go into university is it can be incredibly overwhelming and you end up going down kind of a very, very broad pathway with no, you know, kind of idea what you're doing. And that can be very overwhelming. And you might be then say more likely to drop out of university, which is fine too. But it's this, I just think of this idea of what's the rush. And when you're 18 years old, you've got your whole life ahead of you that that one year can truly change everything. And I'm even thinking of a couple of specific examples of people I know where I've got one example I'm thinking of in particular, where 
um, this person got into a degree at university but decided to take a gap year and ended up going and actually living in New Zealand, which is where I met them. And they worked in tourism for a while there, which tourism wasn't really an industry in Australia that many people worked in. And they ended up, they deferred their university degree, always intending to go back after their gap year, but found that they really enjoyed the tourism environment and decided to stay at this company that they were working for. And fast forward, what was that, maybe seven years or something like that, they ended up becoming like a going into this traineeship for an operations manager at a really big company. And they've now been paid to move overseas to work at a site over mm-hmm. there. And they've got all these incredible, incredible job opportunities that are coming through that people would normally have when they're 35, 40 years old, but they're having them in their kind of mid to late 20s. And it's not to say that they couldn't done, have done a similar path for university, but if they hadn't have taken that space to go and take the gap year and just go and have fun for a, for a time and see what else mm-hmm. is out there, they probably just would have went. And that's not to say that that wouldn't have ended up, ended up well, I'm not trying to say that, but I just think you've got nothing to lose by taking a gap year. And there are very few situations where – taking a gap year is going to harm your long-term career prospects. Yeah. And you they don't have an age limit on when you can go to university if you've got the entry right. requirements that I think university is a wonderful experience and it's it's that it's an experience and if you can't if you're not in a place mentally or physically because you're so exhausted say from school you can't make the most of that experience. And if all I think a young person is going to university for is just that ticket at the end, they're probably going to feel a little bit underwhelmed by the experience and not particularly enjoy it that much. Whereas if you can take university as like, this is a really cool experience I get to go to. I want to make the most of it. That's when those beautiful opportunities come out of opportunity through networking, or you just see different pathways that you can take. But I think, man, I was exhausted at the end of school. Like I was so exhausted. I just wanted to sleep. (laughs) Yeah, and and I know what you mean by that. And I think that's how that's why it was coming up in conversation with some of the young people that I was speaking. They they were exhausted. They were tired. Because also the other thing to bear in mind is that they actually didn't do their exam exams, Alana. A lot of those young people that I would well, I was talking to, they'd, you know, they got in to do their A levels and they missed out on doing their GCSEs, like proper examinations. So they felt this emotional almost overwhelm. And I think that's where a lot more people were actually deciding to do gap years. I could see I could see a bit of a pattern, but it's really, really interesting topic. Um, kind of moving on a little bit because um, you are writing a book, which is really, really exciting, and um, it's due out in February. Can you tell us a bit more about the book and kind of like what motivated you to write it, Lana? Yeah, so the idea behind the book was it's sort of similar, I suppose, to the podcast of I wanted something like a resource for a young person. And originally I was kind of writing the book to a wider audience of that kind of 18 to 30, but then I realized, nah, let's just like, let's narrow in a little bit more on this. And so basically this book is, so it's called Unserious Careers and it's for the first five years of your career. So perfect for a school leaver to, you know, to read or access when they're, they're leaving school. And then it's something to kind of basically an approach to the first five years of your career, because kind of like coming back to what we were speaking about earlier, I felt this pressure to kind of decide on one career or decide on that final job path that I might be doing in 10 years time. Whereas there's this, I think this really beautiful time period when you leave school of about five years where anything goes, your friends could, you can look around and your friends can be doing quite literally anything. You might have a friend that's buying a house at 21. You might have a friend that's having a child when they're 20 years old. And it's kind of like, that's just 
that's the craziness of being of leaving school and being in your 20s. And what I wanted to do was to come up with um, kind of like a framework, I suppose, or, or principles around how to have an unserious career in your first five years. So basically how to enjoy your career, how to enjoy your life, but still know that you're making, you're making kind of inroads in your career so that you're still progressing in your career and you're setting yourself up then for the rest of your career pretty much. So an example of like, so, so, so I give kind of like nine, nine to 10 principles. And so one of the principles is, um, take a gap year, really obvious one, but I talk about gap years in there because I do just think that they're, they're so important. And even if it's not straight out to school, if you can take one at another point in those first five years, it's incredibly valuable. Another example is um, get people smart. So there's this kind of idea of like, it'll look really good on your resume. And so you go into these things, oh, but it'll just look so good on your resume. While I think that's good, I think it's much more important that you develop the people skills because I know for me, like that, I, I learned a lot of people skills through having sales jobs, just through having to learn how to like handle rejection and to like, when someone had uh, an objection, how would I handle that? And through kind of getting like educated, I suppose, in people and how people tick and how they work. I've always known that even if this job doesn't work out or this thing doesn't work out, I'll be able to go and get another job because I know how to talk to people and relying just on what looks good on your resume only gets you so far in a job application process. It might get you in the door, but knowing people and learning how to network with people and build those connections that can take you so, so far in your career and sometimes potentially even further than a university degree can because a lot of our opportunities come from the people that we know and the people that are around us. So I was like, I sort of talk about in the book about how do you get people smart? So how do you learn about people? How do you learn how to have conversations with strangers and how do you learn how to communicate what you're doing and what you might want and how someone might be able to help you. So yeah. the book is really just based around these kind of ideas of really, really simple ideas of how you can, a little bit of direction because you might feel directionless when you come out of school. So this kind of book gives you that little bit of a like, hey, here's the things that you can be working on. Here's the things that you can be working towards to know that that's still going to benefit your career, even if you don't know exactly what you want, because mm -hmm. I don't know who actually knows what they want when they leave school. I think everyone has an idea of what they want. And then you kind of get out there and you start testing that idea. And sometimes it doesn't really hold up, which was what yeah happened for me with wanting to be a doctor. I was like, I thought I wanted that. And then I realized I have no idea what I want. And and I think I really, really love the, the sound of your book because I feel like there's a lot of resources that almost dictate how to train as a doctor, how to train as this, how to train as that. And I'm saying that as a careers advisor, ironically, right? Um, and I feel like we need resources that allow that exploration but also allow that open approach Alana because regardless of whether you do a degree or not if you then after um I don't um how how old um what is the kind of permanent or not permanent but what is the kind of age limit in Australia for you to leave in this country you have to stay in education till 18 is it the same mm. in Australia I think it, so like, so someone can't leave before the age of 18 in the UK well, um, they have to be in some kind of educational training. So if you leave gotcha. at 16, you've got to do an apprenticeship or you've got to be 
doing a course. So kind of you've got to be in some kind of form of educational training till you're 18. Interesting. As far as I know, I, like I haven't lived in Australia for quite some time, but it's as far as I know, you can leave earlier. But, yeah, I don't okay. think it's quite as, as like you have to be in a specific educational thing after after high school or, yeah, if you leave. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I find that quite interesting because I feel as though those five years after, whether it's 16 or whether it's 18, mm. there is that exploratory phase that you can do. And then if you wanted to go and do your degree later, or if you wanted to do something else, you have the opportunity. Uh, the book sounds super, super interesting. And I love the title because, yeah, we are t- a little bit uptight and too serious about careers <laughs> I'm saying that as a careers advisor but it's sometimes you know we we also have this pressure to be in keeping um with young people and that doesn't mean that I don't take my role as a careers advisor seriously of course I do course. I'm very passionate about it but I think sometimes we also when we're talking about careers with young people we need to be a little bit more fun and we need to bring that fun into careers mm-hmm. Usually when a young person knows they're going to see a careers advisor or when a parent contacts me to do my private sessions, they're not really that enthusiastic alone, I'll be honest. No. A bit like, but also some of them are, but some of them aren't. You know, they're kind of like on the fence, so they don't want to show too much enthusiasm. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> play it cool. You've got to play it cool. Sense. Yeah. No. I hope that makes sense because I think a lot of the time it's more around they actually, when they do come and talk to me, they've got some ideas, but yeah, they don't know. They actually do not know what they mm. want to do. Secretly. Yeah. I know, which is, which is so funny because I think like in an ideal world, what would happen is you wouldn't actually make any specific decisions when you leave high school. Like if we were talking about what would actually be the like the the best way to do it would be that you don't make a decision right out of school because you end up making decisions like very, I'm not exactly sure how it works like UK wise, but I remember when I was 15 and 16 years old, I was making specific decisions because I needed to be able to study the required subjects to be able to get into particular university degrees. And that's where I was just like, I'm someone, I'm very very logical, very analytical. And I, at some point I just had to go, I'm not having any fun. Like I'm not enjoying myself. Like I need to learn how to kind of do that. And the funny thing is when I'm enjoying myself and when I'm enjoying my work, it changes my my entire life and it, yeah. it means that I actually end up, fi- funnily enough, I end up making much better career decisions because I make them from a, like a positive place as opposed to like a desperation of like I need to make a decision so I have to decide on something. And if, if we've got time, I could tell a story of my partner and he um, – he studied psychology at university, thought he was going to go down that kind of pathway, but just ne- thought, sort of lost after university, didn't really know what he wanted to do. And he ended up becoming a greenkeeper. So uh, he works on golf courses. And he did that as a mature age apprentice when we moved to New Zealand, completely different to what he'd studied at university. And it was that there was a few years between finishing that and then starting this apprenticeship. But he was 29 years old and he started at an apprenticeship. So and he loved it. He did it for the enjoyment. He loved golf. He loved being outdoors. He loved working. Like his really big thing is he loves working as part of a team. He loves being part of a group of people that are working towards a common goal. And it was just incredible to watch him go into that environment and love it and have fun with it. And that's when he's mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, I mean, people might judge that and they may not think it's as, in, you know, like I'm air quoting here, but like as intelligent as being, I don't know, a psychologist or something. But what's it all for if you don't enjoy it? And I, I just think I love hearing these stories of people that have gone, I want to do something that is like I, I want to have fun in my life. I don't want my life just to be about 
working, 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 saving, buying yeah. a house, and then there's kind of nothing to really break up the monotony of it. True. And, you know, like programs like um, I, know, I know in Australia you've got MasterChef as well, MasterChef and things like mm-hmm. that. It's about that creative outlet that maybe they don't have in their day job or they can continue to maybe be whatever they are in their day job and do the other thing as a side hustle. It's about having lots of kind of branches to your career mm. tree, you know, so that you're not just on that one one thing and exploring that um, portfolio career as well. One thing that I want to ask you, Alana, because obviously, you know, from kind of the stories you shared with us today about yourself and your career, um, you, you remember a lot of your feelings and emotions as 18-year-old you, young you, right? But if you could look back on your 18-year-old self, um, what kind of advice would you give to them or say to them about your career journey that you wish you had known then? Enjoy it while it's happening. So I know I constantly felt like I was always looking to the next thing. What was I doing next? What was happening next? And kind of trying to map that out as opposed to really enjoying what I was doing then. And Mm -hmm. so I think if I was talking to an 18-year-old, I was talking to my 18-year-old self of a lot's going to change. Like there is just going to be so much that changes. But if you can embrace that change and enjoy what you're doing at the moment, you're always going to make decisions that are going to work out well. And you're always going to be able to learn of like, okay, I'm not enjoying this anymore, so I might now change it. So I think it really does come back to that enjoying piece. And you're going to go out into the workforce and it's going to feel very heavy and there, there might be other people that are very stressed and they might be miserable in their lives, but that doesn't mean that you can't enjoy yours. And mm-hmm. If you can enjoy your life then and enjoy what you're doing for work, it doesn't mean you have to madly love it. It doesn't mean you have to be changing the world with it. But at the end of the day, it's you that has to show up to work every day. It's your career. It's not someone else that gets to live your career. You're the one that has to do it. So if you can't enjoy it, I yeah, I just think that's the that's what we should all be aiming for. If we can at least enjoy our work, we don't have to be, yep, it could be whatever you do. It doesn't, as I said, it doesn't have to be something you're wildly yeah. passionate about. But if you can enjoy it, I think you're always going to end up making pretty aligned career decisions, you know, throughout. And also no, sorry, just another note, because we're actually mm-hmm. doing my partner and I, funnily enough, I don't know if I've shared this with you, but we're doing our <laughs> I'm doing my second official gap year and my partner is doing his first gap oh, year wow. and he's he's 33. So this is like <laughs> I feel like we're teenagers again, but, um, so we actually, we ended up, we have been living in New Zealand for five years and mm-hmm. we've now, um, kind of, we sold up in New Zealand. We, we packed up all our lives there and we're now heading off on a second gap year and we're going traveling and kind of but working at the same Ooh. time. Yeah. So we, we, in a couple of weeks, we head off to Japan and we're going snowboarding over there. And I just want to let people know that you it's never too late. Like it's my part as I said, it's my partner's first gap year. And well it's it's so exciting and we we just mm. cannot wait to to do it. And it is that idea of it's never too late. So if you feel like, oh, but I should be going into my career, I've finished my degree, I feel like it took me a while longer to do it, please know that it's never too late to go and do something a little bit a little bit different or a little bit wild. Yeah, and, and it reminds me, Alana, kind of of this fact that a lot of people are doing this whole nomad experience or this experience where even if they do take a gap year, they're exploring and they're living in different countries or and cultures to kind of experience th- th- that 
as well as kind of developing their career because that's not uncommon um mm. it sounds really exciting wow yeah. really really cool thank you for sharing that hopefully that will inspire people because one of the things I talk about my podcast as well is there are a lot of people who do want to work abroad and they do want to do different things and it's all about mixing it up so Alana you've been really really uh wonderful as a guest here today but you know where can people kind of connect with you how can they find out a little bit more about you please share with us Amazing. So I'm on TikTok and Instagram now, which is a, a, was a strange concept to me a couple of months ago, but we're learning as we go. Um, so it's unserious at Unserious Careers for TikTok and Instagram. But then if you also head to my website, unseriouscareers.com, um, I've got a sign up list basically for my book there. So you can, all you need to do is add your name and your email and I'll let you know when the book is ready to go. It's going to be an ebook and an audio experience. So I will kind of read the book, but then also um, kind of add some discussions around it and bring to life some of the people I speak to about uh, speak about in the book through interviews so you can go sign up like sign up there and I can let you know um but please just feel free to reach out to me as well I really love connecting with people and having conversations and knowing kind of where people are at in their career so please don't be afraid Um, my email is on the website as well um or you can reach out to me on Instagram as well Awesome. I will add all of those in the show notes. And thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast No, thank you so much. I love the work that you're doing. And thank you. Yeah, thank you for having me. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the Career Happiness Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media or with somebody you know it will make a significant difference to. And remember, if you haven't already please take some time to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks so much.